Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to Baseball Mainly. Baseball Mainly. Baseball Mainly. Baseball Mainly. Welcome to Baseball Mainly. And we're back with uh, Baseball Mainly, uh, second edition with our good friend Scott Green from Play at the Plate. You should check out playattheplate.org if you ever uh, uh, ever intend to get on a baseball field again. You need to get out there and uh, and and enjoy that once this craziness of COVID is over. Uh, we were we were we've been talking with Scott uh, about the draft. Uh, we're talking about some great players, but you know I I want to talk specifically about how the game has changed, Scott. And we talked briefly about this on the phone just a little while ago. Uh, my goodness, I, I, I can tell you that, that the most prolific base stealer I ever saw changed the game when he was in the game. And that's, that's uh, that right-handed batter, left-handed fielder, that you tell me is the only one in the Hall of Fame that has those uh, credentials. Only position player in the Hall of Fame. It's that's amazing to me because there should be a lot of us because I am a right-handed batter, left-handed fielder, and I, I attribute that to just being really mixed up. I think the Veterans Committee is is considering your enshrinement next year, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I am in the Detroit MSBL Hall of Fame, but it's more a popularity contest than anything. Um, listen, baseball has changed. I, I have to... It, everything changes, and every sport changes. Um, but I was watching, you know, and we all started to have to social distance and hunker down and watch baseball reruns, I took out a piece of paper and pencil and started making notes, and I was watching game one of the 68 World Series when Gibson had his great game against the Tigers. And what were the differences then compared to what baseball looked like now? And I basically filled up the notepad with all the things that uh, were different, and uh, starting with how the, the game was broadcast, you saw more views from behind home plate on pitching. Uh, most batters, if not almost every one of them, had a closed batting stance. Guys waited on the on-deck circle on one knee, the way they wore their uniform. I mean, it was one after another. You know, uh, check swings were never called a strike back in the 60s and, and 70s. I mean, you, now you even just move the bat at all. You're getting, you know, you're getting right. hung up. So there were tremendous differences between that, but you know, there's you know, hit and run, bunting, stealing, uh, going first to third on on bases to center field, um, things that you just don't see today. And I, you know, listen, I I'll love baseball to the day I die. I'm not thrilled with the game that's there now. I think it's become too specialized. I think there's some of the rules are absolutely ridiculous. But there's a lot of excitement that's not in the game anymore, and I'll take a two-out triple. I mean, I'll take David Freese's triple in the 2011 World Series with two outs uh, before his uh, home run two innings later. It was more exciting. So it's just, uh, you know, it's changed. It's Again, it's power. It's, yep. it's uh, uh, power, um, you know, pitching and, and hitting. That's it. You know, you talked about the 68 World Series and that that first game. Uh, when Brock got on base, 
who, by the way, he's number two all-time in steals. When Brock got on base, it changed the way the Tigers pitched. And I remember, I don't know if this was in the first game, but I remember a pickoff at first base of Brock. Where the last game. Was that the last game? He's halfway to second, and by the time Cash got yep. the ball out of his glove, got it down to second base, Brock was standing there. Yep. You know, and it it changes the way a pitcher pitches. It it creates more fastballs for the guy who's batting. Oh, that made I remember that. But he actually he got picked off by Lowlich in the last game, and Flood both got picked off in the game uh, before Flood misjudged the fly ball. He picked off both Brock and. It was the same thing. He picked Brock off, and Brock went, and he says to this day he was safe, but he was called out at second base, and Flood was out by by a mile. He got picked off at first. Well, that's my that's uh, my buddy Mickey. I mean, he was he, I love he him. He's crafty. a great person, by the way. A wonderful guy. Deserves to be in the hall, though. Some people disagree. But I look at the numbers, and I see the teams he played for that weren't great teams – uh, you know, and he when he he retired, he was he was number one all time in strikeouts for a lefty. Now some wow. great pitchers have pit, passed him since then, but uh, you know he he was he was fantastic and won three games in the World Series, hit a home run to boot. Hey. Uh, and a, a lovely guy. I got to meet him when I played at Tiger Stadium in '99. He was my coach in a little Tigers fantasy camp, and uh, you know I told him I was a big Cardinal fan. And they gave out a commemorative Sports Illustrated, uh, and of course the famous picture of him jumping into Freehand's arms. And I, by the way, you know, you broke my heart. I was 13 years old, and you broke my heart, you bastard. <laughs> and uh, when I asked him for his autograph at the end of the camp, he goes, uh, "Let me have them." I said, "I want him to sign the picture." And he uh, said, "Just leave it here, and I'll I'll get it signed for you." And I he left it in my locker, and I it's framed in next to my desk. Do Scott broke your heart, didn't I? Mickey Lowlich, 1968 World Series MVP. And, and so, by the uh, way, he signed that right-handed. Because the uh, only thing he did left-handed was pitch. Uh, and Maris told the Cardinals, because uh, apparently uh, all the years Maris had seen Lowlich in American League, he uh, realized how good Lowlich was. Well, uh, I, I visited the Roger Maris, uh, his his museum in North Dakota. I believe it's Fargo, in North Dakota. Fargo, North Dakota, in a shopping mall, and it was really a cool experience. It just you know it's it take you ten minutes to you know to see what's there, the memorabilia, and and watch a little video of of uh, Maris playing. But he was a great player. And I I had forgotten. That he played right field for the Cardinals in the series. Yeah, actually, uh, he came. Uh, his certainly his welcome in New York was over after the '61 homers, and he been on for a couple of years. You know, when the Yankees went downhill after '64 and got traded to the Cardinals, and he was only going to play one year. And he, uh, the great story they. Wrapped up the pennant in Philadelphia in 67. They were up like 13 and a half games. And he was at a party at a very famous restaurant in Philadelphia. I'm not sure it's there anymore called Bookbinders. And Bookbinders, uh, Mr. Bush was there. And 
said, Roger, I want you to play one more year. And he said, uh, oh, Mr. Bush, I said, I can't. I said, uh, this is, you know, this is it for me. And uh, he goes, is there anything I can do to persuade you? And Roger said, hello? Yeah, I'm here. I said, Roger said, give me a beer distributorship, an Anheuser-Busch beer distributorship in Central Florida, and I'll come back for 68. <laughs> and he goes, you got a deal. And he goes, I want it on, in writing right now. And on a cocktail napkin, he made Mr. Bush write that out. And Maris Distributing is still in Ocala, Florida to this day. Yeah, I remember, I remember seeing his family when uh, McGuire uh, broke the record. Uh, there to congratulate McGuire. It's a shame that Roger Maris died so young. Yeah, horribly young. Uh, horribly young. Uh, but he was, a, unfortunately, a heavy smoker, a yeah. huge smoker. Hey, I want to uh, get back to, the, to how speed is not part of the game as much anymore. And, 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 and I want to talk about Ricky Henderson just a little bit because I think in his era he was the greatest player playing. He stole 1,406 bases. That's more than Brock, more, more than Ty Cobb. Well, yeah, he, he was a, a force. I mean, if you wanted to make out, you know, what's the greatest team ever assembled? You know, you can make out by position. He's not going to make the team. You want to make it out by position in the batting order? Who else do you want leading off? Well, you know, he, was, he wasn't a bad outfielder. He won a gold glove. Yeah, he wasn't a bad outfielder. He wasn't at all. He didn't exactly, you know, he was no fan of the sports writer, and he was certainly, you know, a little, you know, distant at times. And, you know, Ricky being Ricky, but what other leadoff bat? I mean, he was the greatest leadoff hitter and, and, and had pop. Yep. I think he had, like, I don't know, at least 20 times he lost a game with a home run, if he, not more. You know, Al Kaline... Uh, Al Kaline hit 299 home runs, I believe. Ricky Henderson hit 297. Wow. Uh, Ricky Henderson. More than that. Ricky Henderson uh, uh, scored 100 runs in a season 11 times. That's more wow. than Ichiro. Uh, he was MVP in 1990. And his war, you know, everybody's into the sabermetrics. His war is one eleven point two. Wow, that's that's amazing. Those are those are astronomical numbers for a guy in the modern era. You know, those are those are getting up in the Babe Ruth type stratosphere. Uh, but yet today, that part of the game is just neglected. I mean, it's just it's it's just not important anymore. And here, I think, and I think a good portion of that is just based on statistics, and not scouting. I mean, I, I think there has to be some kind of blend between both of them. Uh, I mean, everything is just numbers. That's it. I mean, can this guy throw this hard? Can this guy hit that far? And that's what it is. Well, you give I mean, me be, you give me a team with two or three Ricky Hendersons, and a couple of uh, Miguel Cabrera type guys, uh, Mike Trout type guys. We're going to win championships. Uh, you know, you've got, you've got Henderson. Look at the, Henderson's on-base percentage, right? You'd want to keep this guy off base, wouldn't you? I mean, as prolific as a base stealer as he was, on-base percentage, 401. Lifetime. Wow. 
had 3,055 hits in his career. Who has those kind of numbers? Yeah, nobody. I mean, it's uh, yeah. His he was he really was in a in a in a league by himself as far as what he accomplished and you know what part of the batting order he did, and he did it at. I mean, it was uh, he was a force. He was a definite reckoning. There's no doubt about it. I mean, listen, I loved Lou Brock. I was a Cardinal fan, but when I look back now as a more educated fan, Lou Brock was a horrible horrible outfielder i mean he was making 13 to 15 errors a year in left field and he should thank you know he should be giving money to the kurt flood foundation because i believe he kurt caught everything in left center field that lou couldn't get to i mean he was just a, an atrocious outfielder and had an unbelievable uh the second lowest on base percentage of any hall of famer Interesting. Lou Brock has it, and Andre Dawson is the worst, and Lou Brock is the next to worst. It was like just barely over three hundred on base. Well, I th- I think and that's he, and because he still got three thousand twenty three hits, but he didn't walk. Yeah, and he was a free swinger. And Lou Brock, you know, after the day he put one into the polo ground center field, he just thought he could hit a home run every time. And Lou Brock swang from the heels. Well, and, he did strike out a lot for sure. Uh, I think he's like number sixteen all time, something. Like, I mean, uh, a ton, but he didn't walk. He got on base via the hit, and that was it. And uh, so I really, I only put Lou, uh, as much as I loved him at the time, I, he's not even in Ricky Henderson's, the same, they're not in the same boat. And Ricky's in a, a league by himself. Yeah, I, I think it, it, it's a long way. I mean, uh, Brock stole 938 bases. Henderson stole 1,406. Yeah, I mean, he didn't just break the record. He obliterated it. Yeah, it's amazing. Cobb stole eight ninety seven. A lot of those, though, by the way, those eight ninety seven. Sometimes, if you went from first to third on a base hit, you got credit for a stolen base back in those days. Oh, really? I didn't so know of, that. Yeah, yeah. A lot of times, you know, it wasn't an outright steal. So, if you scored on a base hit from second base, you may have you may have been credited with stealing third. You know, Interesting. On the interim or, or stealing home. One way or the other, you stole a base somewhere. So. Uh, you know, sort of, you know, a little different. I didn't know that uh, Cy Young was pitching from a mound that was only 45 feet away from home plate. He was a good part of his career, by the way. I didn't know that either. That accounts just, for uh, for a few things, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, it does. You so. know, <laughs> is, isn't 45 feet the distance that uh, fast-pitch softball? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Saw, I saw a friend of the family uh, working out. She's a softball player yesterday. Uh, and she was uh, she was pitching uh, to her dad, but on the on the softball field. And it's amazing you watch these kids grow up and develop abilities. She was bringing it, man. I'm not sure I could hit that from that close of a distance. She was probably throwing it 50 miles an hour underhand. Wow, unbelievable. Hey, uh, Brock. Uh, by the way, stole uh, uh, a lot of bases, but he also scored a lot of runs. Seven seasons, he scored at least a hundred runs. Well, listen, I'm not here to bad mouth Lou. He is a Hall of Famer, um, certainly, and he was a, a great player. And he he was the preeminent Ricky Henderson of his day. And then Ricky went on and you know became the ultimate leadoff batter or whatever. And the one thing that Brock was, uh, Brock was a money player. In yeah. three World Series, I think he hit close. I think he hit like 385 over the course of three World Series, 
stole, I'm going to say, you probably you could probably look it up. I think he stole six or seven bases each World Series he played in. Uh, I mean, he was very fortunate to have Kurt Flood hit behind him, and Flood would take pitches. Um, but Flood saw a lot of fastballs, and uh, you know he hit, he hit 335 in uh, 1967. So they were a great pair to have at the top of the lineup. But uh, uh, Lou, you know, certainly was, and, and he had an arrogance to him. Uh, not he wasn't an arrogant man, but you know, here I am. I'm on first base. Go ahead and throw me out. All right, I'm, you know I'm going to steal. You know he made it into a science a lot like Maury Wills did. Maury Wills, I think, was the preeminent one, but uh, uh, it was a science to them. It was 13 steps and a slide. That's you know I got my lead and it was 13 steps and slide. And um, you know they made a little bit more of a science of the game that Ricky certainly expanded on. You know later on. Well, you know uh, Brock stole at least 50 bases 12 times. Yeah, that's that's. That's, that's amazing. So 118 in 1974 when he'd already been in the league for 14 or 15 years. So that's uh, – and should have been the MVP that year. Lou Brock didn't win any MVPs, uh, never led the league in anything besides stolen bases, I believe. Uh, maybe runs once. But, mm-hmm. um, uh, again, you know, he was the Ricky of his day. Well, you know, you, you mentioned Maury Wills. Uh, I, I think I've mentioned this on this show before. And I've been to a few Tiger fantasy camps. And in the uh, cafeteria down in Lakeland, uh, at least when I was there, they had the, you know, all these long tables. Or you can see you know, 12, 15 guys at a table, and there are probably 20 of these tables in the cafeteria. And each of these tables is covered in baseball cards of Tigers over the years. And then they've put uh, urethane over it, so they're, you know, they're nicely preserved. One of the baseball cards is of Maury Wills as a Detroit Tiger. Wow, I didn't even realize that. He was, he was, it would have been a rookie with the Tigers, but they cut him at the end of spring training. <laughs> Maury Wills, MVP, nineteen sixty-two. Stole over 50 bases uh, five times, stole 100 bases one season, has 586 steals, uh, played shortstop. Amazing, amazing player. And actually had a couple good years with Pittsburgh near the end of his career. He went to the Pirates for a year or two, I believe, and uh, shored up that infield and played fairly well. Well, you know, I was a kid when he was playing, right? But I remember Maury Wills mainly because the Dodgers were on uh, the the game of the week almost every week, and almost every week uh, uh, the lefty Hall of Famer, whose name is escaping me. Oh my goodness! Yeah, there you go, Sandy Koufax pitched. You know, it was Sandy Koufax against Juan Marshall. Uh, anyway, that's memory lane for me, and that's why I remember Maury Wills so so vividly uh, stealing bases. And he was the, the st- base stealer of his era. And he's number 20 all time in, stealing, in base steals. Hmm. Uh, and it made me a Dodgers fan for a short time as a kid. I always liked the uniforms. 
Never cared for the team, but I thought the uniforms were killer. Uh, I, I, well, because Sandy <laughs> Koufax like was, he was a lefty. A good, and he was a good shortstop. Oh, very good I don't shortstop. Know if he, I don't know if he won a gold glove or not, but he was a damn good shortstop. Yeah, very good shortstop. Uh, uh, his lifetime war is 39.8, and that's very respectable. Uh, and he only played 14 years. Hmm. I'm sure uh, stealing all his bases is hard, hard on your body. Uh, and that, that's one of oh, the things sure. about Henderson that that amazes me. He got to play for 25 years, and his last year, the numbers are really good. I mean, for 25 years, that man was in shape. And uh, Oh, God, yeah. Man, you look at that dude's thighs. You, I mean, you know, they wore their uniforms kind of tight. You could see why he was so fast. I mean, the guy was, he was strong, and he was in shape. Uh, and what a what a ball player! And he he killed our Tigers here in Detroit. You know, he he'd, he'd get on first, he'd steal second and third. I think he broke the record stealing third. He broke Brock's record stealing third base, if I'm not mistaken. Well, amazing guy. Uh, let, let's talk uh, about uh, speed at uh, play at, at play at the plate. Uh, <laughs> you know, I've never. I don't think there is any. <laughs> I've never played full rules at one of your tournaments, mainly because I'm an old dude. But in the league I play in during the summer, we play full rules as as much as you know a uh, 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 rec league can play full rules. We, you know, you can have. Uh, uh, designated runner for a guy who might have an injury, but he's got to get to first base. And you can only have two of those per per side. Um, I'll tell you one of the reasons we play the modified, and basically we play full rules with the exception of no outright stealing. You can't throw a guy out from right field on a clean base hit. And uh, we don't like bunting with a guy on third base. Yeah, Other than keep- that, it's full rules. But the reason I do... Have we had full rules tournaments? Yes. Birmingham, uh, Rickwood was always full rules because teams came to that that played in leagues like yours, and they play. But I'm not going to lie to you. When I go to the other national events, you know, run by the the, the bigger entities, MSBL and Roy Hobbs, and I'm playing in my age group, you know, 50-plus, the guy gets the first base, no matter how he gets there. Base hit, walk, it's hit by a pitch. Chances are, within three pitches, he's standing on second base. Mm-hmm. And the reason is because no catcher can throw anybody out anymore. And to me, that's not baseball. Uh, oh, this is full rules baseball. This is the way the game should be played. No, it isn't. Yeah. It's like you get on first, you're standing on second. Okay? And to me, I'd rather have you advance runners by having to hit. And that was always a sticking point for me. And I will never change from that. I mean, play the play will always be a modified rules event. And I've got some guys, oh, you know, we like to play full rules. You're 62 years old. What are you talking about? <laughs> hey, tell me, uh, uh, I, one thing about playing in the Hobbs, I, I was there, I don't know, I think it's February or something. Anyway, I was there, no, it must have been November. And uh, uh, they made me catch in the last game. And the other team had been stealing at will on us. First guy tried to steal, I threw him out at second. My knees sure. still hurt, though, by the way. Hey, tell me, tell me, uh, tell me about the tournaments you have coming up because I think on our first episode we were still having those phone problems. So, tell me about tournaments yep. and so how the, people uh, can well, register. We have four events that we're going to, uh, four or five events that are on the, the schedule. Um, we're not going to move any more dates around. Everything basically, uh, there's so many 
entities that come into basically every single tournament. So we'll start with the first one. Our, our, first, our next scheduled event is in Cleveland playing a progressive field for two days, and that's scheduled for August 17th and 18th. Certainly with everybody waiting to see what MLB is going to do, and they better do something soon, um, will depend on what the dates are for that event. I am very happy to say that I have spoken to the Indians, and they want to hold the event regardless if there's a baseball season or not, cool. which I think is great. So we're going to Cleveland. Again, the tentative dates are August 17th and 18th. There won't be. I was hoping to play uh, at the site of League Park on Saturday, go to the game on Sunday, and play Monday and Tuesday. Now it looks like it's just going to be a two-day event. If, in fact, it is just a two-day event, we're going to try and move it to a weekend and make traveling better for everybody. Cool. Now, certainly, if there is some big social distancing thing in the clubhouse where we can't do it or whatever, then I'm going to put it out to the clients. I think everybody still wants to be on the field, and I think we, we can do whatever MLB rules are going to you know, tell us to do as far as playing on the field. Okay. Hey, Scott, we're, so, we're, we're running out of time. Give us your okay. website, how they can get in touch with you. It's playattheplate.org, plain and simple. Um, it's Cleveland, Bureau Beach, and historic Dodger Town in October. The Fantasy Camp World Series at 15 Ballpark later in October. And then back to Bureau for our first ever College Alumni World Series. That sounds great. Scott, I really appreciate you joining me today. Oh, uh, my pleasure, Jeff. Uh, you just, I, I love talking with ba- baseball with you. And I I hope our viewers enjoyed it, too. Hey, for Jess Monticello, this is Baseball Mainly. Let's play two.